This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good Thursday morning. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. With Liz Gill, I'm Jay White. Coming up today, we'll speak with MPB's Friday Night's Under the Light host, Russ Robinson. I said that all wrong. Friday Night Under the Lights host, Russ Robinson, about the upcoming high, high school football season. It starts tonight. Actually, some games were played last week, but it starts for real tonight. And we'll talk with him about the longest-running high school football scoreboard show in Mississippi, Friday night under the lights. Kart racing in Mississippi has its own series around the state. Laura Linder will tell us all about that. And if you Google fastest-growing water sport, stand-up paddleboarding is the result you'll get. Dan Whitman of What's Up will talk with us about the sport. Coming up on MPB Season Pass, after the news from NPR on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. (laughs) Thursday morning. It's almost Friday, but it's not Friday yet. Uh, I have in studio with me a man who is busy, a man who is in demand, as you hear right there. Uh, It's Russ Robinson, the host of Friday Night Under the Lights. We call him the voice of high school football in Mississippi. The show's been on for a long, long time. Longest running scoreboard show in the state of Mississippi, and uh, with all the technology you have, there's so much more that gets added to it every year. Now we can get scores live all the time and Twitter and Facebook and everything like that. Um, so welcome in, man. Well, thanks. Uh, it's, good to, it's good to be here, and it's good to see you, and uh, it's a little early. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, 18th of August. Uh, right? What? I, mean, that's, I, yeah. it, I, I told somebody the other day, I said, when I play, of course, this was back when Calvin Coolidge was president, but... <laughs> Back when I played, we our first game was on Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, we went we got out of school, you know, on uh, uh, on before Memorial Day. But because of the long weeks that they get now, you know, yeah. the fall break and all that stuff, which we didn't get, uh, they have to bump that thing on up. And I understand Alabama, uh, and we'll talk about this later on, but that Mississippi Alabama All Star Game that normally is the is the week after the state championship games. Yeah. That's flipped now and the Mississippi All Star Game is that week after there. And the Miss Al game, which is at University of Southern Mississippi this year, is the third week in December. Wow. So very interesting. It's it's yeah, the season is becoming more compact. But you know, with recruiting it's it's almost like the NFL in that they've made it like a year round thing now. And right. it's there's right. there's I mean Seven on seven camps and everything else, and there's there's no real off season. Well, and you know you're you've been a very active part of the Twitter account. If another fact, you probably started it. I, I, Jay, Jay had to tell me what Twitter was. I thought it was a bird, but he, you know I think it's what they want you to think anyway. <laughs> that's right, and and so it, it does go on all year. 
and and we we keep seeing these tweets all year long, you know. And I heard of a a, a pretty devastating injury last night uh, that someone had in a jamboree game over the weekend last weekend, and so that's already out there on social media, and and mm. uh, you know you feel for that, but. Uh, you know, it has changed, and, and back when we first started, of course, thanks to MPB, you know, Friday Night Under the Lights is what it is. I mean, uh, as I always tell somebody when they say, well, where can I get it? And I say, well, if you can't get it, <laughs> you're under a rock somewhere, you know, because MPB covers everything, covers That's the right. state. And um, I think when we jumped in there with y'all, y'all jumped in there with us, uh, I think it just became uh, what it is, and it just morphed into that, and just got bigger and bigger. And and people, it, Jay, it'll always you know, with the social media, it'll always be a radio show because yeah. people are jumping into their cars after the game. Yeah, uh, uh, I had a coach tell me yesterday. He said, "You know," <laughs> I said, I, "I'm I'm with Friday Night on the Lunch." He goes, "Oh, I know, I know who you are." He said, "I go deer deer season. As soon as the game's <laughs> over, with, he's an athletic director." He said, "As soon as the, as soon as the game's over, I'm in my truck. It's on MPB." And yep. Uh, I'm listening to Friday Night on the Lights. And we, we, the, we've had that before where we were talking to coaches on buses coming yeah. back during road games, and then they <laughs> they hold their phone up to the team and say holler or tell them what's up or something like that, and then everybody hollers. It's it's uh, yeah, The Louisville cheerleaders do a cheer one time, and the game was over, and they were still cheering. <laughs> but it's, you know, high school football, uh, and, and, and Jay, you're around this year-round, and, and, and you're around the college. It, it's become as big as college. Maybe a little bigger in some areas. Yeah, you know, I was talking with somebody about this yesterday. That, you know, one of the things that makes high school football so big in Mississippi, uh, like college football, is so big in the mid South. Is that uh, I mean, it's it, it's becoming different, but specifically in the major sports. For the longest time, there were no teams closer than eight hours away. That's the right. NBA has a team and. In uh, uh, New Orleans and Memphis now, so we got a couple that are three hours to either side of uh, the capital. Uh, very close if you're on the Gulf Coast. Very close if you're up, uh, you know, Northwest Mississippi. Right. So that's really cool that parts of Mississippi can be in kind of the metropolitan area of major league teams now, or you know, pro sports. But for the longest time, it wasn't like that. So you know, having an Ole Miss here, or having a Mississippi State, a Southern Miss, Alcorn Valley, JSU. Those are those were things that people could identify with, yeah. you know, way closer than any pro team. And high school is just a it's it's just a micro version of that. You're, you know, you're everybody's exactly right. got a school that they can that they can identify with that they you know that they <laughs> shed blood for a lot of them <laughs> just down the street. And everybody's got that story. And their kids did, you yeah. know. And 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 uh, uh, you know, I think you you make a great point because whether you're class one A or six A, it's the same way. If you're an independent school, same way. Uh, I was talking to uh, you know we do a peanut game as you know mm-hmm. uh, during the year, and um, this year we're going in and doing. Two one A schools and Pelahatchie's one of them. Yeah, and there's such loyalty there to the Chiefs. I believe they're the Pelahatchie Chiefs. Yeah, you would know that. You know all he knows all the mascots. Was. I mean, when, when, whenever there's a, when, when he knew Rocket Charles, I knew he knew what was going on. Yeah, uh, but there is such a there is such a you know it's an event. It's an event like going to church on Sunday, and, and for a lot of these communities. That's what you do. And so uh, I think the reason, one of the reasons the show got so big because of MPB was that the playoff system has gotten better uh, and bigger. And now your 1A schools are going, gee, I wonder who we're going to be playing 
Mm-hmm. You know, and as you and I have talked about, one of the most fun weeks of the year is the semifinal week. Oh man, there's I can't I think it's the the twelfth or the thirteenth, and both of them are really good. And it's you know the 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 one five and six A have sixteen playoff teams, two three and four have thirty two playoff yeah. teams. Congratulations, you didn't finish last. <laughs> and so it's the second round of one mm-hmm. five and six, and it's the third round of two three and four. And there are no bad teams left right. at that point. No right. offense to anybody who had bad a season, but those all those guys are gone. Right, even the ones that had you know the Cinderella upsets in the first round, which everybody loves to see, sure. except for the team that got upset. And we've had a bunch of them. Right, and those are all. It's like the NCAA tournament. It's great those first two days to see the Cinderellas, but after the first two weeks, I'm done with them Cinderella's. Reality Give me the in. mega games. Yeah, yeah. And then it's it's really the first week where 10 and 11 win teams play other 10 and 11 win teams, and somebody's going to have a disappointing loss at the right. end of what was re- a really good season. And you have a, you know, 10, 12, 15 of those games in one week. It's awesome. But let me, what do you think about, you know, uh, Oxford, which I believe is a place that you've been once or twice. <laughs> I was born there. Is uh, moving up to 6A. They're in the top class now. That's a big deal. It's a big deal because Oxford's growing. Yeah. I mean, if you go up there to the new high school, because they're still playing the, in the same stadium. But if you go up there the, uh, to the uh, high school and see the new high school there and, 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 and the houses that are being built around it. Uh, uh, there's great football right across the street. You got Lafayette County, mm-hmm. and who's moving up as well? They're going from up four to five. There you go, and and that whole area is moving. I think it's a great move for Oxford. I really thought uh, back when Abram was there uh, as a quarterback that that they would be there sooner. Yeah. But, but it goes according to the number of students. I I think it's good. It's so early to make picks and all that stuff, but I, <laughs> I, I you know I tell you, uh, I think that uh, it, it could be. Pearl going against Oxford to, for that position yep. in the championship game uh, because Pearl gets everybody back except one. And so um, I think it's great that Oxford's going to, to 6A. And, and I kind of like it when schools go up and down a little bit because uh, you get new blood into uh, yep. a, a division. And sometimes, as we've seen it, maybe it's a school that, that's closer into a lot of schools in well, I mean, you talk about you know Pascagoula moves back up to six A, or they move up to six A, I should say, and that you know that that gives nine teams in kind of the 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 southern counties, and so that kicks George County up to yep. Region Three, and so now they're there with uh, with uh, Pearl and Meridian and Brandon, Oak Grove, and uh, Oak Grove, and, and that whole group of teams, which is very very good, and so. You know, George County, I think they had the number one offense in the state last year, yeah. yards per game. Now they graduated their quarterback, and he's yeah. not playing football. He's play, He's just playing basketball at Gulf Coast Community College. It's his deal. Yeah. I mean, he, obviously, he's very good at both. It's but. funny you should mention him. You know, I, I talked to <laughs> Matt Caldwell yesterday yeah. because they're one of our peanut games this year, and I said, hey, congratulations for growing up. He goes, yeah, <laughs> he says, I looked at my schedule and went, wow, because we're going we're gonna to cover the Oak Grove-George County game. And uh, but I think you're right. That'll man. be a good one. Yeah, I, yeah it should be a good. One. I, and, and the coast football, Jay, is so is years light years ahead of where it was when you and I really got going in this Friday night under the light things. I mean, it's just gotten better and better and better. Mm-hmm. So, what are your plans for this year? I know, especially toward the end of the year, and you talked about the Miss Al game, mm-hmm. and then the the Bernard Blackwell Mississippi High School All Star Football game, which is it's my personal favorite. I love that game. The Miss Al game is the one I think most people kind of plug into because it's. Uh, the very best players in the right. state of Mississippi, and then they're going against Alabama, and we 
find a way to blow that game almost every <laughs> single year. It's like we should win, and then at the last minute we don't win, and it's I don't know, it's happened like twelve out of thirteen times. But anyway, what well, what are the plans for Fanatical this year? Well, of course, uh, uh, we're going to start Friday night right here on MPB, and um, uh, and these this first two or three weeks of what they call the non conference schedule. But it's some interesting matchups. Oh yeah, uh, and so we're going to be uh, covering those and. Um, as you know, we'll have a rotating uh, crew that you know. Uh, you won't hear the same. You won't hear me for three hours. You know that's that's a good thing. And uh, uh, but we'll we'll carry that, and then we'll go all the way through um, the season. And then our last show uh, for for you know Friday night on the lights on Fridays will be the semifinal night. Mm-hmm. And because I've always felt like the the championship night is its own entity, and you know we've tried it. Uh, it's kind of hard to talk t- two hours about two games. Uh, we managed a couple of years, but we just feel like you know that's Don Hinton's stage, mm-hmm. and and that's you know that that's his deal. Um, and and then we got the rights, as you know, because you've called the, the the Miss Allen and the Mississippi All Star Game, and I like the Mississippi All Star Game because it's wide open. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you getting the best uh, of the guys that didn't make the other squad. Uh, you know, Miles Brennan may have thought he wished he'd made the Mississippi All Star roster last year. He got his world rocked, you know, in the in the, in the first quarter of that Alabama game. But um, we're going to carry both of those games, and um, we're we're really excited about that. You know, they're both Raycom games, and and when now we're talking with MPB, and 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 Raycom is in talks with MPB, and which is exciting me. So. Um, we we're going to be there and going to be carrying it on radio. We hope that we can work it out to where MPB uh, has a, uh, does the video. That side would of be it. great. It would be, and so you know that that we got to have a great class of kids this year. In fact, you said it last year. You said you know Russ, there's a lot of juniors. <laughs> They're really good this year. Yeah, and now this is this year. Yep. And so uh, <laughs> you know, I think the teams around here, you know, you, you, in the Jackson area, uh, you know, Madison Central's name always comes up. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out early. Like tonight, right? You know, uh, and then I think I think uh, a, a team that you always keep your eye on and well worth it is Warren Central, you know, out of Vicksburg, mm-hmm. and and I think that they're one to keep an eye. On. A lot of people questioning, you know, what what's Clinton got without Cam Akers. I think people are going to be surprised. I think they're going to be pretty good. It's been interesting to see where they fall. Uh, they've been included in almost all of the preseason top tens, but usually around nine or ten, right? Somewhere like that, and I think it's 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 respect to that program and what they've been able to do the last three or four years. Um, but uh, I mean, that's I mean, Cam Akers is a once in a lifetime player. He is, uh, you know, that's a lot to replace. That's a lot to replace. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's the great thing about high school football. I mean, yeah. we we've said that uh, uh, when uh, uh, isn't it the Sellers kid down at Oak Grove? You know, we thought you know no, there'll be no quarterback ever as good as he is, right? And they've had several. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, you get, you get these players, and you say, you know, that they're just not going to ever be replaced, and they get replaced. So <laughs> uh, that's the great thing. And, and I think the reason high school football is so good in this state is because the high school coaches are so good. Yep. And the Mississippi's come a long way because for a long time it was just, you know, it was two hundred and fifty three yards in a cloud of dust type guys. Right. And uh, the you know, along with technology and younger coaches coming in and, and sprinter. <laughs> Spring no turf dust. at a lot of fields, and it's a, it's a faster turf, and yeah. a lot of it's it's picked up, and a lot of offenses are are really uh, intricate and complicated, and it's the quarterback play is a lot better, and the athletes, 
you know, they have more room to run. Well, I'll, I'll a lot uh, more creative. I'll two two guys horns uh, that I know of because uh, you mentioned it. But you look at a, a quarterback like Chance Lovertich over at Prep. He didn't even throw an interception last year. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, not one. Right. Okay. And then you got Jerry Ealy, uh, who may be the fastest back in the state. Yeah, he's getting a lot of he a, a lot, lot of hype already. Yeah, he is. He's a junior. Yeah, you know, I had a guy reach over to me one day going, "How many years have we got left of this guy?" You know. <laughs> so I think, and then you've got Pearl's got everybody coming back except for one, and and uh, I I think uh, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, I think you're going to see a JPS school or two slip in there and make some noise. Well, it's interesting, you know, the uh, Callaway yes. brings their that I've dropped this stat on everybody in the last two or three days because I did five minutes worth of research. <laughs> Out of the top 15 offenses from the state of Mississippi last year, Callaway is the only one that returns a top passer, receiver, and runner. And they dropped down from 6A to 5A. So that's a lot of things in their favor. Absolutely. Uh, And a thing that they did that is not very JPS-esque is that they're only playing two city schools this year. They start the season with Laurel. At home, Whoa. this uh, tomorrow night. That's that's a big deal, and that tells you they're serious about it. Laurel, it, uh, you know, along with like West Point and Picayune, those are the Perennial. bench sitters mm-hmm. in five A. Mm-hmm. And having Laurel come to your stadium first week of the season, uh, they're going to have a watermark for where they need to be. They'll come down in the hurry. season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of talented players on that team. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, in four A, uh, Pontotoc has a bunch back. Uh, don't sleep on Poplarville. They play Picayune first week of the season. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's that's probably who I would say is the favorite in South 5A and the favorite in South 4A playing first week of the season. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, the other one is, I believe, uh, Jefferson Davis County, which is the, the merging of Bassfield to like right. 27,000 time consecutive 2A champs. Right. And Prentice uh-huh. High School, uh, they are playing – if I'm not mistaken, at uh, Biloxi in week one. So they're Maybe going I'm way out of their league. It's either Biloxi or Harrison Central. So they're starting uh, big time uh, in their first week. So that'll be, and I think they I think they landed in 3A. Uh, Cleveland and Cleveland Eastside yeah. have merged. It's right. Cleveland Central now there right. in 5A. So, uh, and that's just a couple and of And you know what? That's a great addition to 5A. It is. It is. That's going to be a lot of fun. We mentioned Lafayette going up as well and Callaway coming down. 5A is going to be a lot more uh, crowded than it's been the last couple of years. And Callaway will get a good charge uh, or a good uh, uh, competition from uh, Germantown. Right. Almost yeah. at Gluckstadt. But and, and, you know, Ryan Ernest is at Ridgeland. Uh, in his, I think it's his third year, so we'll see, you know, what, what they do. Uh, in fact, they're one of our peanut games at the end of the year. It'll be Germantown and Ridgeland. Mm-hmm. Tell people where they can watch the uh, the uh, perfectly powerful peanut okay. game of the week right. and uh, about Phenol, the time, and and, okay. and where they can hear it. All right. Well, if you go to FNUTL.com, uh, which is the website for the official website for Friday Night Under the Lights, um, uh, you can watch the peanut game by by clicking where it says uh, watch peanut game here. Mm-hmm. And, and so that starts at 6 with a pregame show. Then our show comes on, of course, uh, uh, you know, MPB uh, kicks it off at, at 10 o'clock. And uh, you can still, you can watch the show if you want to, but, but you understand why people say we have great faces for radio at MPB. So that, that's, <laughs> that's a good thing. That, but but yeah. that starts at 10. And you know what? We're still the only show that goes to midnight. Yep. And, and I don't know we, why that is, but I like that. Well, I think there's just so many people still traveling. You mm-hmm. know, and um, uh, there's a lot of them that go grab something to eat after the game and get in the car. Maybe it's 1045, 
you know, 10 to 11. Yeah. And so they've missed out on a lot of that. 1130 and, is kind of a funky stop time. I'm gonna, yeah. And, just, and, you know, you, I mean, so we're, <laughs> as you know, we repeat a lot of the scores. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have the scores on the crawl and, and things like that. So uh, we'll go 10 to midnight, as we always do. And uh, so many people just, you know, they especially in the early part of the season when they're going to North Mississippi to play a game and they come down, so they just love listening. That's it. And uh, uh, I, I have people all the time tell me, you know, man, it, all I got to do is hit scan. And I'm going to find an MPB station that's somewhere it. that's carrying the start at, Friday night on the line. Start at 88. And if that's you right. The scan, Work if your way to the right. Anywhere in Mississippi, you'll that's find right. it sooner rather than later. Russ Robinson, Friday night under the lights, another season ready to go tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Thanks for coming in. Jay, it's always a pleasure. Absolutely. We'll take a break. And when we come back, kart racing is usually uh, it's used as a uh, low-cost and relatively safe way to introduce drivers to motor racing. Many Formula One and NASCAR drivers got their start racing carts. We'll have Laura Pender from the Mississippi Kart Series on after this. This is MPB's Season Pass on Think Radio. Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org. As an MPB listener, you probably know of Radio Reading Service, our free closed-circuit network for the print impaired. But did you know that means Radio Reading Service isn't only for the visually impaired and that MPB provides the special receiver you need for the service? Call 601-432-6301 to see if you qualify for MPB's Radio Reading Service. 601-432-6301. There's so much more to know. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Kart racing is usually used as a low-cost and relatively safe way to introduce drivers to motor racing. Many Formula One and NASCAR drivers got their start in uh, racing uh, from karts. I'd like to welcome to the show Laura Pender, promoter of the Mississippi Kart Series, a sequence of eight kart races around the state where drivers accumulate points towards final awards. Thanks for being on the show, Laura. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, when Liz uh, told me that this is something that we were uh, driving, uh, pun not initially intended, but then loved, uh, on the show this week, uh, the first thing I thought of was, you know, Lake Speed, who is a Mississippian, uh, a Mississippi native, and was a, uh, drove on the NASCAR circuit for at least a dozen years. And I always heard about how he got his start being a world champion kart driver. He sure did. That's pretty interesting. Uh, tell us about uh, the carts that the drivers race in. Well, they're not yard carts like you buy at Western Auto with a lot of <laughs> rail bars and stuff. Um, I have a hard time explaining it to people unless they see a picture. So anytime I'm out trying to do any kind of sponsorships or any of the races that I'm doing, I always take a picture because the perception is they're like that. Um, these carts are about an inch off the ground. 
Um, they can cost up to three thousand for the chassis alone. Um, people spend a lot of time putting them together, and they're you know they're pretty expensive. But if you want to get into it, you can also go the cheaper route and buy some used equipment and and go that route too. So, so when we talk about racing, how fast do they go? Um, they can go up to 65, 70 miles an hour. Um, I think our UAS carts actually top that. So they go pretty fast, and that's pretty adrenaline rush when you're an inch off the ground. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So on 65 miles per hour, what kind of surfaces, uh, are, or is there a surface specific to the tracks around the state? We're all dirt. Mm-hmm. We're all dirt. There are asphalt cart racing um, facilities, but there's none anywhere around here. We're, we're strictly dirt. So. so that has to be uh, a really, I, I'm guessing that's an acquired skill to be going that fast on these uh, short tracks that are dirt and, and and to keep yourself upright and be racing a skilled race at the same time. I'm sure that's uh, quite a thing to see in person. It is. It sure is. Um, my husband had, has always helped my son race when he was racing, and he actually got in a cart one time and did a fun race. And when they got through, he came back to the trailer, and after Jacob had walked off, he just looked at me and he said, you know, I didn't give my kid enough credit. This is actually very hard. So, <laughs> Right, right. So for for parents or, or uh, cart owners, uh, team managers, how much of a white-knuckle ride is this? What's the typical length of a race? Mm, we do 15 laps. Um, for all of our regular classes, and it just depends on, and we do 20 on our pro classes. It just depends on the size of the track. When we're indoors, of course, they're running like eight-second laps. When they're outdoors at some of the car tracks, like Why Not Motor Speedway or Columbus um, Speedway, the Bullring in Columbus, Mississippi, which is our next race after this one this weekend, of course, their lap times are a lot a lot longer because they've got a bigger distance to go around. So it just depends on the size of the track. But, yeah, it's pretty. it can get pretty intense when you have people battling against each other to get to the front and you're that late to the ground and you're going that fast. So. Your mission on uh, the Facebook page says you want to bring uh, karting back to life in the Deep South. What's What's been the popularity of kart racing in Mississippi in the past? Well, we've had races here in Mississippi. I actually did one at Why Not that was on a larger scale because of the amount of money you could win. I had a sponsor that put up about $75,000 winning. Um, We had 500 entries at that one because we pulled people from everywhere. We pulled some of the bigger-named North Carolina crew, yes, because they were coming after the money. We had classes that they could win $5,000 in to win 5000 and pay like $95 entry fee. We also had a class for some of our <clears throat> our um, cart racers who, it was called a, oh gosh, it was for the ones that were not doing it for a living, and each of those through 10th place could win 1000 apiece. Um, I average around 175 per race, 200 at some places, 150 at some People um, that are in karting or tough group, there's a lot of, you have to do a lot to be good. It's just like anything you get out of it, what you put into it. Yeah. And um, I'm in the third year putting on the series, and it's popular enough for me to be already planning year four. So it, it's growing back. It's like anything, you go through this lull. So it was sort of in a lull, but I think we're bringing it back with um, with some sponsors that we got with Hoosier 
Hoosier Tire, Racing Tires. So. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome because, I mean, they're, they're a name that is synonymous with racing about as much as anybody. So that's really cool that they have, uh, they've signed up with the series. Well, I took a chance. They pushed me all last summer wanting me to do it, and I told them no because I didn't know if we were ready for a change. I had to make sure I didn't do anything to mess up. I tried another tire, um, a tire. Um, back in the back a couple of years ago, I tried a, a different tire, and it really sort of hurt the sport. So I had to make sure I made the right move. But you're right, Hoosier has a really good backing. They have a name behind them. Um, you think of racing, you see Hoosier tires. So I took a chance on them, and it's worked out good. Jeff Freeman out of um, North Carolina has Hoosier Tire South, and you know they came on board trying to give me extra money to promote the races. And I told them, look, that's all good and well, but my racers need money, so they guaranteed me first place money in all my classes. So in one of our classes, in the pro classes, you make you win five hundred dollars. It doesn't matter if one cart shows up or or fifteen. Um, you're going to win that 500, and that's thanks to Hoosier. So they really have helped a whole lot. So what are the typical, uh, the the age, I guess, span for the drivers that are in the, the different classes that you have? What's the youngest the and class. maybe what's the oldest? We have from four years old to 60. Um, wow. They start, they start young in our rookie classes. That's a low-cost class because we want to get new people in, so we, yeah. just, we don't want it high. Um, they... We have a 40 and over class that has a good many in it. Um, so it's all ages. There's not a there's not a limit. You can do whatever age you are. So that's awesome. So you know everybody starts somewhere. If if somebody right. wants to get going in this, what uh, what would you advise their first couple of steps be? Well, they need to come to a race. They can introduce themselves to either me or my race director, Scott Davis. Um, we're really busy during the race. We might not be able to talk too much then. Sure. But we be their phone number and point someone in the right direction. Um, I usually try to find someone who races um, close to that person that lives maybe close to that person that can make it a lot easier for them to help them. During race day, it's really hectic, so talking to someone in the pits might be tough. They get pretty intense. Um, (laughs) These people are running two and three classes, so when they come off the track, they're automatically asking the driver, you know, what do we need to do different? They're trying to get back to their pits, work on whatever got messed up or fix tires, prep their tires. Um, And it's also best, I try to tell everybody, like I said earlier, do not start off, if you've got a kid racing, do not start off by going in and buying you know, the best stuff. Get somebody to lead and let you use their cart and let your child get into it. Because I've seen some people spend some good money and then their kid gets in it and it's not for them. So, oh, wow. Um, that's great. So You're great advice. That's, right. That's the best thing. Just, you know, just come to a race and watch. And, and ask questions. And like I said, if nobody can talk to you right then because of what's going on, you know, give them a phone number or get their phone number. And, and we're a good group of people. I, I don't know of any of my racers that wouldn't help anybody else get into this. Absolutely. Uh, is there is there clamoring for uh, uh, tracks uh, or, or the I guess maybe the construction of new tracks or tracks that are around that want to get into the series? How's that going? And, and Kind of how do you move? Uh, I mean, Mississippi is cool because it has seven or eight different, very different regions. Uh, so how, how do you go about putting together the circuit that you have? I have to check with tracks. Of course, I don't have the luxury I have in my own, so we have to, to move around. 
Um, I say luxury. I don't know that I'd want my own track to have to try to deal with on a weekend basis, Saturday night. But we do need that to come back. That's one of the, the issues that we've had. We need some more Saturday night racing to get people to get some seat time. But what I do is um, I try to get it where we're, you know, have a different track and different places and try to get it where one person's not driving from Tennessee, you know, all the way to the coast. Yeah. Um, and then I rent the tracks from the owners. Their job is to get the track ready before we get there. Now, of course, when we have one in the Shadow County Coliseum, we have to build the track because, you know, of course, there's not a track in the Coliseum. <laughs> but we race indoor. Um, and I just call them and I set up a schedule and we try to um, try to work out the best time. We try to do one a month. Um, we do have a lack of tracks around here. The one in Sturgis has closed. The one in Causeyville closed. Uh, there was one in Jackson that closed. Uh, so I do have to scramble to try to get some tracks, but but it seems to be, you know, fine what we do. Everybody goes along with it, and, and I hope it'll pick up. I hope some people will start opening up. I know there's one in Louisiana that's opening up that's going to be really good. It's a good friend of mine. They're good people. Very cool. So maybe we're going to get back into the into the big part of it and have more people get involved. I, I bet the racers are are specifically fired up to, to race indoors, right? It's like you're racing oh. in the big arena. That's sort of a mixed emotion. Oh, indoor okay. To be a lot. <laughs> indoor is. I used to think I did not want my child on a big track. I would be like, Oh my gosh, they're going to be a why not on that huge track. Well, I found out a small track sometimes is a lot more intense because they're going faster. Um, it's smaller. They don't have enough as much room to pass, and of course, there's a concrete wall all the way around them. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So it's a little, it's, yeah, they like being indoor, but some of them have a problem with getting some of their stuff torn up if they drive real rough. So, so it's a it's mixed emotions. Very cool, but it keeps them on their toes because it's a change of pace. Oh, I yeah. like that. <laughs> At eight seconds, you need to be on your toes. It's happening quick. Absolutely. So. Uh, so tell folks, you know, this is a, you know, how how this would play for the family. That this is a family event that everybody could come out and watch and really enjoy. Um, unfortunately, we don't attract a lot of spectators. Now, family, our junior drivers have crowds of people come with them. They have, you know, I usually average what I say is for each racer, there's three people that come with them, but the juniors usually have more than that because you've got your grandparents. And I remember when my son was younger and raced, and there were more people that wanted to come watch. Um, it's a good family atmosphere. Yes, it's intense sometimes. It's like when we have some people getting little skirmishes and stuff, and we talk, which we have strict rules about fighting. But, you know, you're going to have arguments because it's like I told them, you know, we're not playing golf. We're not laid-back kind of people. They're all really intense. <laughs> they're real competitive. So, of course, when something happens, they're not going to just be real calm about it. So, um, But we keep it family, uh, no alcohol. We do not allow that. Um you load up and go. That was one of the main reasons we did it. Is um, my parents used to ask me why we spent the money we did on Jacob, which you have to understand. My husband and my child went a little overboard. They spent a lot more than what we would have had to. They just wanted to. But um, <laughs> but I told them it's because I had my son with me on Saturday night. I knew where he was, and so it's um, it's real family. And we all take care of each other. I've done a lot of fundraisers through the races for different racers that. Have you know, had floods at their house. Um, 
I've had one that just found out his father had cancer. We have mm-hmm. a child that races that has juvenile diabetes. And I'll say one thing about my group. They might fuss and fight, but when we have any kind of auction or fundraiser, I've yet to not raise at least $2,000 for anything we've done on one given day. So. That is awesome. So tell folks if they want to get involved, if there's a number they could call or a, a website, Facebook page, how do they get involved with the Mississippi Card Series? Okay, they can call me, Laura Pender, and my phone number is 601-934-4073. I have it with me all the time. They can go to our Facebook page, which is Mississippi Cart Series. Uh, We do not have a website, but um, anything you want to know is on the Facebook page. Like, we have a race this Saturday, so I'm already updating information on it. And um, best ways to call me. And if I don't know the answer, I will hook you up with somebody who can help you. Very good. And it's excellent. And I'm I'm looking forward to getting out to a track and seeing this very soon. Laura Pender with the Mississippi Cart Series, promoter of the Mississippi Cart Series. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. All right. Very cool. All right. When we come back from this break, we'll speak with Dan Whitman. He's the commissioner of the Mississippi State Games for canoe, kayak, and stand-up paddleboarding and owner of What's Up Rentals. What's up? I'm saying it right. Rentals in Gulfport. That's when we come back. I'm Jay White here with Liz Gill. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. Trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Music radio is classical music, but much more. You can hear jazz, folk and bluegrass, and of course, Mississippi's own, the blues. And music is featured on shows like A Prairie Home Companion and the Mississippi Arts Hour. Access music radio online at mpbonline.org via the MPB app or with an HD radio receiver. Music all day, every day, on MPB's Music Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks for tuning in. We'd love you to subscribe to the podcast of Season Pass when you go to mpbonline.org forward slash Season Pass. There's a purple button that says subscribe, and if you click it, it'll get you started having Season Pass at your fingertips whenever you'd like, if you'd like something like that. All right. Uh, reminder, our first guest, Russ Robinson, today, Friday night under the lights starts this week. It is tomorrow night, 10 p.m. to midnight, first high school football week of the season already. Holy cow. All right. We appreciate you listening today. If you Google the fastest growing water sport, stand-up paddleboarding is the result that you'll get. 
And with that in mind, we welcome to the show now Dan Whitman, Commissioner for the Mississippi State Games for Canoe, Kayak, and Stand-Up Paddle Boarding, and owner of What Sup Rentals in Gulfport. Dan, thank you so much for your time this morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank, thank you. Absolutely. Well, how did you first get involved in paddle boarding? Um, I got into paddle boarding through kite surfing. We were down at the beach one day, and a guy this 2010, a guy brought a paddle board to the uh, beach and told me to try it out. And I took it for a spin and uh, thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever So I bought a paddle board, and every time I went to the beach, somebody would come up to me and ask me a question about it. And that's basically how I got into it. Wow, very cool. Describe what uh, the paddle and the board looks like. Um, there's a diff- there's a bunch of varieties of different boards. You have anywhere from a surf style board, which is shaped like a traditional surfboard, just bigger to give you a little bit more flotation, to what's called touring boards, which have more of a displacement bow to give a little bit more efficiency, all the way up to racing boards, which are long, skinny, designed to go fast and straight. Wow. What? Uh, when did paddle boarding start to catch on and become an activity uh, here in Mississippi? I'd say about 2010. It's uh, it started coming around. Uh, me and a couple other guys had paddle boards, and uh, it, it's kind of grown from there. Uh, it seems like every year there's more and more people getting into it. Like you said, it's the fastest growing water sport in the world right now, and the reason why is because anyone can do it, any age. You can do it on any body of water as long as it's over about ten inches deep, you know, so the fin doesn't drag. Um, uh, yeah, other than that, it's a sport for everyone. It must be pretty cool to to be in a region that's very conducive to this brand new sport, this new activity, and you're kind of on the forefront of it. Uh, you mentioned every time you go out, somebody asks you a different question about it. How does that feel, kind of being an, an ambassador for a brand new thing to do here in Mississippi? I enjoy it. Uh, I, I tell everyone that, that gets into paddleboarding to, to be careful. It, can, it easily becomes a way of life. You'll catch yourself <laughs> at work looking and seeing that the water's flat oh good i get to go paddle boarding but paddle boarding is is as much as just as popular inland as it is coastal you can do it on any body of water people do it on private lakes rivers i mean like i've got friends all over the country and you know it's just as popular in ohio as it is a, a coastal community that's that's the beauty of paddle boarding you mentioned one of the uh type of boards is is uh more inclined to racing what's a paddle board race like um, there's different types of paddleboard races. There's course races or, or point A to point B races. Um, course races, typically you have a, a one-mile beginner race or a three-mile, uh, rough they call a recreation race, or then there's the six to nine-mile, which is the elite race class. Um, it's broken up between women, board styles, men, women and men, board styles, and uh, age groups. Our guest is Dan Whitman, uh, Commissioner for the Mississippi State Games for Canoe, Kayak, and Stand-Up Paddleboarding, and owner of What's Up Rentals in Gulfport. Tell me a little bit about the Mississippi State Games, and uh, you're the commissioner for three different sports there. Is that a lot to juggle? Uh, not too. It's not too bad. We, uh, we've been hosting the race now for about five years, and we run all the races together. The, the paddleboarders, the kayakers, and the canoers, they all take off at the same time. So it's uh, just a matter of getting the course set up, crossing your finger for good, crossing your fingers for good weather, and uh, just making sure everybody has. It. So, if you have not been a paddle boarder for any length of time, and you go out and do it today, what's going to be sore tomorrow? Um, chances are, your shoulders will probably be sore. Paddle boarding is a lot about technique. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you're paddling correctly, you should only be sore through your core muscles, your abs, 
um, your your uh, back, your thigh muscles. Um, for a lot of times for beginners, the number one complaint I get is their feet going going numb, and that's because they're trying to battle uh, pa- uh, excuse me balance driving their toes into the board. Um, that's about the number one complaint. That and their shoulders going sore. And so, I guess specifically the the biggest difference between this and I guess what would you know be surfing is that uh, you're not the water is not what's pushing you along. You're doing that with your paddle, right? That's the the, that's, the biggest difference. That's correct. You're using you're you're propelling the board by paddling instead of being propelled by uh, the force of a wave. Very cool. And so, yeah, I guess that 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 does make that. Uh, a very doable thing for folks way off from oh, oh, yeah. the Mississippi the, Gulf Coast. Our shop is, we had a lady from Illinois. She was 72 years old. She came out and did a three-mile route. She oh, my never goodness. never before. She came back just as dry as she left, and <laughs> she's going to come see us again next year. She had a great yeah, Holy cow. Like I said, that's the beauty of the sport. It's it's for anyone. You know, if you if I tell everybody that comes to my shop, if you can swim, and stand up. I can teach you to paddleboard. It's 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 about a fifteen minute learning curve. You know, there's we tell everyone there's no such thing as a beginner board. You're only a beginner in paddleboarding for about fifteen minutes. And once you get out there and look up and relax and smile, you're 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 on your way to having a great time. Yeah, I could see where that would become addictive really fast. So it, it's it's very addictive. If someone wanted to start paddleboarding, where are some places that uh, you might know that they could go? There's uh, several places around the state, actually. There's a place, I believe, up on the reservoir in Jackson that's doing paddleboard rentals now. There's uh, a couple of places down here on the coast, um, just about anywhere in Florida. There's any any coastal community, you can just about Google uh, stand-up paddleboard rentals and lessons and find a place doing it. Uh, it's still kind of moving its way inwards in, in Mississippi. Like I said, I know there's uh, one or two places up in Jackson that do it, and uh and then us down here on the coast, there's a, there's a few places down here as well. Tell us about What's Up Rentals there. Uh, what's Up? We've been in business since 2011. Um, we started just, like I was saying, everybody that would come up to me asking where they could, you know, about paddleboarding, where could they rent one, uh, a little light bulb went off, and I decided <laughs> to buy some paddleboards and started delivering them to and from the beach, and it's kind of snowballed into a full-fledged shop. We host events uh, just about every week. Um, we have to try to have a lot of fun promoting the sport around here. All right, very cool. Dan Whitman is uh, the owner of What's Up Rentals in Gulfport, also commissioner for the Mississippi State Games for canoe, kayak, and stand-up paddle boarding. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Oh, thanks for calling. Everybody, if you're ever down on the coast, look us up. We'd love to teach you how to paddle board. Absolutely. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think I'm going to try to do that next time I'm uh, close to some water. It'll be better than me just flailing, flailing around in the water like I normally do, sinking like a rock. All right, we'll take one more break here. When we come back, got some events going on around the state of Mississippi, some activities and then some sporting events going on that you might be interested in. We'll tell you about that, Liz and I, when we come back from this final break. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I am Jay White. Some uh, interesting stuff going on over the next uh, three or four days. Get you through the weekend with some cool stuff happening in sports in the state of Mississippi. Ole Miss, women's volleyball teams having their red-blue scrimmage. That's tonight at 6 p.m. on the campus up there. Uh, Good chance to catch uh, a good look at what the team will look like this year. Also, women's soccer taking on uh, Alabama State, 7 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, and it's I just saw where it's the third anniversary of the SEC Network. That happened this week, SEC Television Network. Wasn't their first game like soccer or something? That's it. The women, the women's soccer team or the soccer team at Ole Miss. It's the women's team. Uh, they were the first live broadcast a game against Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, uh, two or three years ago. Uh, well, three, evidently. Duh. Um, they're also playing soccer at Mississippi State on Friday. The ladies' team hosts Stephen F. Austin at 7 p.m. Soccer going on at Southern Miss. The ladies take on Nickel State at 4 p.m. JSU's on the road. Jackson State's going to be down in Hammond, Louisiana to take on Southeast Louisiana 6 p.m. tomorrow. And Mississippi Valley hosts LSU. What? We've got to get all these uh, soccer games in uh, before football season starts. That's right. But that's awesome that Valley has LSU. SU coming in for soccer at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Get them, Delta Devils. Delta State hosts a uh, exhibition soccer game against East Central Community College. That should be fun. Two-year school against a four-year school. See how that works out. That's Tuesday at 4, while the men's team hosts William Carey in an exhibition game on uh, the 23rd. It's Wednesday of next week. Purple versus gold women's volleyball scrimmage at Alcorn State. That's coming up uh, Tuesday of next week at 5.30 p.m. And the men's soccer team hosts East Central Community College at 6 p.m. Wednesday of next week. East Central making the tour to force around the state of Mississippi. High school football starts tonight. And a couple of big games. There's a bunch of games tonight. Well, actually, there's 11. That's not a, a whole bunch, but there are some of note. Uh, you've got Columbus versus what some people are calling the best team in Mississippi, West Point. They're the favorites in 5A. That's two of your three Golden Triangle schools right there. They're going to do uh, their rivalry annual battle, 7 o'clock tonight in West Point. And then the defending 6A state champion, Clinton Arrows, will host South Panola coming off a disappointing only in their uh, by their standards a disappointing 7 and 6 season but Ricky Woods is back at the helm and they are preseason top 10 top 5 in some places top 3 I've seen in some places all the way around the state and so uh, there you go it's going to be tonight at 7 South Panola at Clinton for Liz Gill I'm Jay White thanks for listening Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is up next on Think Radio <laughs> 